0: perfect church part five we serve the body with our gifts most of us have probably taken a gift survey and now at least half of us are supposed to be leading worship from stage because we're good and the other half are supposed to be teaching and three of us are good at giving our money and praying here's how we kind of break that down visually The young hipster does music, the sharp-looking, smart guy teaches, the successful businessman is in charge of giving, and we probably ought to make him an elder, the older ladies have the praying on lockdown, the high school girls can assist that one lady who's all about the babies, and oh yeah, the blue-collar guys, y'all set up some chairs and make the guy students help out, and we're done. But for reals, we are all gifted in some way, this is not a post to unpack all this Different gifts listed in Romans 12,6 through8, 1 Corinthians 128 through10, and First Peter 4:11. I'm not discouraging, discouraging you from reading, studying, and then doing something about what you discover there. This post really is just about saying, "Hey, start doing something." The point is, regardless of who you are and what you're gifted at, each one of us has the capacity to serve and serve well. You may not know this, but it actually takes no talent whatsoever to give effort. You don't have to be a gifted musician or have the ability to stand on stage and to teach to serve the body, but you can be someone who stands at the front door, smiles, and says, Hello, how are you? Are you new here? Amazing. Let me show you around. I realize that I've added two sentences to the normal normal church morning greeting that will then cause you to have some follow-up action to the sentence as where the normal way, Good morning, how are you? then actually gives you zero follow-up action. The point is, Taking the next step is called effort. Making sure that you don't have an awkward, uncomfortable next step is called lazy. Most of us are lazy when it comes to greeting, the greeting of people walking in the door. Be better and the church will be better. Are you new? Great, let me show you around. Just completely change the experience of a new family. There are so many different areas in almost every church to serve in some capacity on a regular basis. I also know that typically 20% of the people who go to our churches end up doing about 80% of the work that has to be done. Most most churches are manned by volunteers on Sunday. A church that runs 2,500 people on Sunday has a staff of between 40 and 60, depending on the area it exists in and the finances that back said staff. That means you have roughly a 1 to 625 staff to attendee ratio for each for the church each sunday that's a lot should each staff person have a connection with 60 plus people yes absolutely each one of those people should have be having a minimum of one gospel conversation lunch coffee breakfast meeting a week with someone in that number grouping that will lead to a deepening of a relationship at the same time it's really challenging to actually keep your arms around a church body that is growing, changing, adding people, losing people, just going through the normal church life, etc. The point is, sitting, listening and leaving isn't being the church. It's attending a church. So how do I find my place? Well, number one, like where is there a need? Is there a need to hold babies each Sunday during a time block? There's your answer. I'm not good with babies. Doesn't matter. They're not good with you either. You literally just hold the thing and keep giving them the pacifier until they stop crying or mom comes back at the end of the service. You don't have to take it home. You don't have to raise it. Just be a sensitive human for roughly an hour and 15 minutes. Chairs need to be set up. Great. Pick up some chairs and begin putting them in rows that someone directs you to. Kids and student ministries. These places have to have people who can relate well with kids and have fun. This is a great spot for someone who likes to play. Kids love to play. Ages zero to still living at home for way too long. Kids just love to play. We build relationships by doing that with them. If you hate to play, then be the guy who they make fun of for hating to play and then share the gospel with them. Again, it's not about talent. It's literally need equals effort. Someone needs to count the money. Don't be this guy. Someone else can count the money. If there's one job you don't want, this is it. No one, and I mean no one should desire this job. You remember Judas? That was his job. Just kidding, sort of. Some of us are great with money. Some of us are not. I'm good with my money. However, I'm terrible at keeping up with things. If you hand me something at church that has importance or value, chances are high, I'm going to set it down and forget it. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to give 100% effort, but doing my best with money for the church is just asking someone else to count it. Again, the point is to find a need and fill it. You don't have to be good at something to try your best. You just don't. Many times we don't need someone that is super passionate or gifted to fill roles. We just need willing people. Is it better to have a perfect fit, gift, need, passion, etc.? For sure. But that's not typically how it works, or at least it's not how it begins. If there's something that you enjoy, comes easy to you, and there's an opportunity, do it. Easy enough. Easy enough if there's an opportunity that opens up that you're not that good at, it's a challenge for you to be excited about, do it anyways. Learn a new skill, work to get better at it, and you might find that you really are gifted in that area. You just needed to learn how to do it. Example, I can follow up like a monster. Seriously, give me a phone number of a new guy and I'm going to wear them out. I've spent literally a month with 20 plus 20 plus phone calls, text, voicemails, coffee meetings chasing down one visitor who finally trusted Jesus. It's a longer story that I will tell one day. In fact, we may have that guy on the podcast sometime soon. Regardless, the first 10 years of my ministry career, I hated follow up. Every Easter we would we would divide up all the contacts that we got and we would have we'd have to call all 10 to 15 people on our list of newbies and check in. I hated it I literally dreaded it every year and I did a terrible job I was always relieved when I would get an answering machine leave a quick 10 second voicemail and check that name off the list why because I didn't know how to do it I didn't know what I was trying to accomplish other than hey thanks for coming hope you come back I've learned over time and practice that follow-up is an art it's an art form with an angle What's the angle? One, I want to tell you Jesus died for you and give you an opportunity to trust him to forgive your sins. Number two, I want to help connect you with this particular church community. And number three, I want to see what your immediate needs are that we can meet. This is Shepherding 101. If you're a pastor and you can't do this in your sleep, you're not very good at your job. Like for reals, this is basic foundational pastoring. What's what is the art? The art is not giving up until I've accomplished all three of those things. Again, it doesn't matter if you're good at it or not. If someone needs, if if someone needs to step up and you can, then do it. So number two, like understand where you fit. It's always easy uh, or easier to engage where you're where you're already good. Again, don't let this dictate where you serve. You may find that once you learn a new skill, you are actually better at it than you were at the other thing. Like what I was saying a minute ago when I'm talking about the follow-up, I actually found out that I was better at that than some other things that I thought I was good at. Regardless, fitting in where you like is always fun. I, I play drums. I have since I was 11. I've played in worship bands in middle school, high school, college, early 20s at camps, retreats, concerts, Sunday morning worships, main stage, little stage, no stage, coffee shop, some restaurant that I had no business having a drum kit in, but we did it anyways. So I play when our church needs me to. I'm not the best but I can hang and I love it. So when there's an opportunity, I do it, but I don't limit my involvement to just that. I'm really good with high school kids. I'm a professional uh expert with high school kids. I've worked closely with them for almost two decades in multiple settings, churches, schools, outside organizations, etc. Like this is what I've done with the majority of my adult life. I don't serve in the youth ministry every week. Like wait, wait, what? I play drums there, I teach when they ask me to, but I don't lead a small group, I don't go to all the events, I don't drive to the van, get the snacks, and throw the parties right now. I might one day, if there's an open need and I can fill it, but right now, there's not. I'm filling roles outside of that area. Welcome team, follow-up, message prep, backup, worship team, podcast, voice. I, I'm doing things that I really enjoy outside of my well of experience, because that's where there's a need presented itself, and it fits right now with our life. <clears throat> I'm still giving hours a week away in service, but it didn't have to be in my, quote, "sweet spot. In fact, I'm actually really glad it's not. Let what you be oh, let, excuse me, let what you do be a joy, not a burden. Yes, there are going to be times when it feels like a burden, when you think, I really need to get something else done. Instead of this, I could get so much more work done if I didn't have to take this hour out of my day to go have coffee with a new guy. Any day but today would be better to drive to church to get the donuts early, plan this lesson tonight instead of watching a movie with my wife or mow the lawn this weekend or actually rest from work instead of being a sponsor to lock in. Lock-ins are evil. If you are over the age of 25, you get a lock-in pass. Like They are not for the faint of heart. They should be banned from the existence in America immediately. Regardless, there's there are days when you don't want to do it. Do it anyways. I've never left a lunch that I wanted to cancel not feeling excited about the conversation I just had. I've yet to play my role where there was a need that I could meet not having my affection stirred for God, the church and life stirred, especially when I didn't want to go beforehand. Serving stirs us, and if it's not, then something is wrong. Our motives can ruin our joy. Our expectations can ruin our joy. Our misplaced hopes and outcomes can ruin our joy in making the most out of our opportunities to serve. Anytime we are beginning to feel burned out, you need to first look at you. My heart is typically what's off when I begin to feel burned out. When I get tired of filling the blank, when I just get discouraged, when I begin to say things out of turn or character about who or what I'm serving, <clears throat> that's when things go south. Don't do that. As soon as you fill those things, keep short accounts. Ask forgiveness if you've gossiped. Ask Jesus to take a look at your heart and reveal what's off. That's Psalms 139, 23, and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. Again, Psalms 139, 22 through 24. Serving the church is a normative practice of a believer. I heard this, said this, and will keep saying this. If we aren't doing the normative things a believer does, we're not normal. So go do and be the normal things that we're supp- Don't go be it, but go do the normal things that we're supposed to do. Peace. If you have a thought, question argument or whatever, I'm more than happy to engage in a conversation with you. You can reach me at stellofellow that's S-T-E-L-L-O-F-E-L-L-O at gmail.com. Use the subject line, Casey, I'd like to talk to you about. Fill in the blank.